Hello there and welcome to episode 28 of Two Clubs, One Love, The Killish Review. And this week we have a guest as we talk about all things Kilmarnock on this one. And we've got a special uh, cup weekend coming up. So we have Kilmarnock at home to Dundee United. A good test for Derek McInnes on his first home game uh, against Premier League opposition who are not doing too bad this season. Uh, and we'll also be discussing um, just Scottish football stuff and hopefully um, we'll talk about Mickey Mellon as well um, an ex-Shrewsbury uh, boss and um, obviously we have a, Sh- a Shrewsbury fans who listen to this as well so uh, we can have our thoughts on, on Mickey Mellon and that but first of all um, we'll introduce uh, Jeff so Jeff how are you? Yeah not too bad not too bad uh, yeah, second, time of, second time of asking second time <laughs> I wasn't going to break that news to people but yeah second time lucky <laughs> We'll, 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 see, we'll see how it goes. It's okay. Teaming problems, as, as always, uh, with me, to be fair, sometimes. So uh, it might have not been you. It might have been me. But anyway, um, yeah, so thanks for, thanks for coming on and uh, you know, uh, talking all things, uh, basically, Kilmarnock and Dundee United. Yeah? So, uh, so first of all, uh, before we start talking about the football and that, um, just give us a bit of a, an insight about yourself, really. But um, I mean, I read um, your your Twitter page and you seem like you're quite an interesting sort of person really so tell tell the listeners what you do oh like yeah so I just released a book called Scotland's Lost Clubs which is uh, pretty much as the title says pretty much says what it is on the tin uh, it's a story of the 37 former league clubs that have played in Scotland at uh, various times throughout history uh, currently writing another book on uh, Dundee on the Dundee Derby um I'm actually originally from uh, just outside Birmingham and I'm oh. an Aston Villa fan as well as a Dundee United fan <laughs> for my sins to, to society. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I've, I've done a, a fair bit. I'm also a physiotherapist as well, but I, that, that, that's obviously important. <laughs> More important than all the football stuff I do. No, good. So you, um, so good. So, so, um, so quite interesting, really, because obviously uh, you say you're a Villa fan. I'm a, I'm a Shrewsbury Town fan. I obviously moved up to Scotland uh, a few years back now. And um, so, 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 what you know, have you been? Is that where you're from originally? And, and... Uh, originally, I'm from uh, Worcester, which obviously not far from Shrewsbury at all. Yeah, uh, my oh, granddad really? has actually lives just outside Shrewsbury. To be fair, uh, Bournemouth Heath. Oh right, God! This is that's my villa. Yeah, born here. Yeah, I know. I know it well. So that's uh, born here. <laughs> small world, isn't it? Uh, it is a small world. Scottish football is a small world. Um, but I moved up when I was uh, 12, 13. and that's how I became a United fan. Uh, the first game I watched them play was against Barcelona, uh, which was a step up because my first time I watched Villa play was ninety. Oh Jesus. Uh, 96, 97, and I think it was Swindon Town in the Cup. So, yeah, <laughs> we've come a long way. <laughs> I say I like Villa haven't won anything, but no. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, that's how I ended up with my two allegiances shared. <laughs> yeah, and I suppose I suppose you coming on actually um, fits in well with you know, the two clubs we love. Um, you know, it's quite a lot. Of, you always get you always get people. Um, or, or, I don't know about you, but people say to me, "Oh, you kind of support two teams and this, that, and the other." But people move around so much these days, and you know, for me, like Shrewsbury's my. I'm not even born in Shrewsbury. I, I'm a 
my family, so my dad was in the RAF. So, you know, he, he I think it was 10 when the time I moved to Shrewsbury, and I didn't really get into football until I was about seven or eight, believe it or not, because um, I didn't really have a settled sort of place when I'm originally from Ipswich. Um, but Shrewsbury's my team, I class that as my home team. Um, but I moved up to Kilmarnock and, you know, everyone assumes down in England, it's like, so who's your big team? Is it Rangers or Celtic? And I'm like, uh, Kilmarnock. And they're like, no, but who, who, who do you support Rangers or Celtic? I'm like, Kilmarnock. <laughs> you know, it's, um, it, it's, it's crazy how people down in England uh, perceive that, but they also say, oh, you kind of support two teams, you know. So um, you're surprised at how many, like yourself and like me, um, you know, have two teams. Um, and I suppose it's, it's quite good in one way, but it's also glutton for punishment in another way. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I get the uh, the moving around stuff a lot. I was uh, for many a decade a submariner, uh, so I was in the navy for just over ten years. So I, I kind of I say adopted. I've got a soft spot for Plymouth Argyle because I was based down there for far too long in my life. <laughs> um, so I do know the the the, the, the dramas, especially people that like um, have like forces connections in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, uh, I do understand more than most the, the 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 issue you face of you just end up sort of going to the team that are nearest to where you either live or work or whatever it is. I, I, yeah. I know a lot of people that are Aberdeen fans that I say Aberdeen fans watch Aberdeen a lot because they work offshore and that's where uh, that's where they're alongside a lot. Uh, so I do <laughs> I get the pain. I understand it. <laughs> no, it's, um, I, I actual fact I nearly it was. I was, my dad was based in Lincoln, um, so I nearly ended up supporting them. But I wasn't really into football at the time, so I nearly went to a match. And uh, I'm sort of glad I didn't that. Um, but it's, it's just quite ironic, isn't it, really, so where you move. Um, but yeah, I could have been an Ipswich fan as well, so I could have enjoyed you know, uh, the Premier League years and all that as well. So missed out on that opportunity. But no, I'm, you know, Scott Stock with Shrewsbury, and as far as I'm concerned, you know, they're. They're my number one team in Kilmarnock's my adopted uh, team. <laughs> I was a bit of a glory hunter um, <laughs> in that way because my first two games was the Ayrshire Derby in the semi-final where we won 1-0 and then my second game was the the, the one where we beat Celtic. So I, all of a sudden I thought, um, you know, I, I was moving up to Scotland and supporting the best team in Scotland. Um, <laughs> um, but we, yeah, so it was, uh, it was a good experience. But then for, you know, the, the five years after that, as you well know, um, yeah, Kilmarnock weren't so good until Steve Clark came. But but yeah, no, I mean, Dundee United have had their ups and downs as well. Um, and, and I mean, as a Dundee United fan, then, you know, to Kilmarnock fans that will listen to this, um, Championship is a tough league, isn't it? Oh, it's... Um, you probably... Yeah, I think you're quite fortunate this year in the fact that you've managed to get to the games because I imagine if you'd have done it last year, it would have been torture. But I think for I, I try to look in the positives of football, right? and it's it's always difficult. It's always difficult, but I try anyway. So, Kiwi fans will probably understand this as much as United fans understood it when we got relegated. And obviously, out with the absolute irritation of being relegated, you do kind of have that little bit of almost almost excitement of go into these playing different teams for once because I don't think people can fully understand or appreciate how irritating it is playing nine of the ten same teams every season. It gets so, so irritating after a while. 
So I think when United got relegated initially, like we'll clarify this, I said initially, <laughs> it was quite nice almost to go to these, go to like Queen of the South, go to Livy, go to, well, it's bleak at the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> go to Arbluff, go, go to some of these grounds that you've not been to realistically outside of just a cup game at once in a blue moon. And it was nice to get a wee bit of a change. That quickly changed once it turned one year turned into two years. For one year, it's a nice wee sabbatical. For two, three, four years, it's just it just starts the the, the slog is so so bad. And it wouldn't be so bad if you weren't playing the same teams four times a season. So at least in the top flight, you've got the split, so you don't play everyone four times a season. But it is quite depressing, especially if you're a team like United or Kitty, where you're expected to hold them to the ball. If you're yeah. going up against. I mean, no disrespect to Green at Morton fans. These are just the ones that popped into my head. But if you're going up against Green at Morton, you're playing four times a season and they're just going to stick 11 men behind the ball. I've got no issue whatsoever with teams doing that. I fully understand and appreciate that they want the points. It doesn't even matter. But it does do your head in a wee bit when you're sat there just watching it and thinking to yourself, come on, on, what are we doing? (laughs) What is this all of it? So, yeah... Kitty fans, if they can get promoted, happy days. It's just a one-off year sabbatical. It's when it starts turning into two, three years, like it did for Hibs, like it did for United, um, that it gets a bit of a chore. And that's when it starts really grating on the fans. Um, yeah. I think for Kitty fans, they can take the positive of the fact that Denver Kinnis has come in. That is a, as a manager of sign, I'll be honest, I never expected. I don't know about Kitty fans, but from the one that I've heard <laughs> I don't think any of them uh, expected Derek McInnes. I know there's a rumours of Jack Ross because of the James Fowler link, but I don't think anyone really expected Derek McInnes, especially after Derek McInnes spent a good four, four years at Aberdeen moaning like mad about the about the pitch at Kitty to, for him to then pop up there. <laughs> Came as a yeah. bit of a surprise link to, to everyone, but it was a great signing. Like, it's um, fantastic. We just now need to dismantle, dismantle the work that Tommy Wright did to become yeah. successful. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, you, you're right in what you're saying there. Um, yeah, you're right on many points. You know, that, that I'll, I'll go back to a couple of points you mentioned there. So that yeah, it's it's great going through these different grounds, like you say, and um, sort of picturesque grounds as well. So it sort of reminds me of um, being a Shrewsbury fan, really, because you know you get to go to all these grounds and and teams come up and down, and and it's great. You've always got something different to look forward to every season. So yeah, I, get, I totally get where you're coming from that aspect. But like you say. And um, there's only so much you can take of that, and then it's like, right, okay, we need to get back, and we want to be in the top league. So, and, and no disrespect to the other teams in that league, um, football's not written on paper, and, and no team has a given right, like Dundee United and Hibs has mentioned. But you know, Kilmarnock are, are, are too good to, you know, they shouldn't be in that league. Um, but if you don't perform um, and you don't do the hard work, then ultimately, you know, you don't deserve to go up. So, I mean, our both. Um, I'm just gobsmacked at how well they're doing and I, I, I really do believe that they will be um, probably in the top two or three at the very best you know, very, you know I don't think I don't think they'll drop outside the playoffs they're just I mean that win at Rafe um, epitomised their season really, because they went to air and lost and you, you think right the wheels are coming off but they're 1-0 down at Rafe and then all of a sudden you know, they go and get two goals and win the game and you're thinking, right, okay, you know, 
that's the sort of mentality that they need, that teams need. They're like, and, and Kilmarnock haven't had that mentality, really. And uh, We were awful against Partick. We should have lost that game. Um, and, but then the, the, the way I look at it is the positive is McInnes has come in. It's not his team, yet he's got four points out of six. We haven't lost it. I, I do believe if we're under Tommy Wright, we would have lost that game. So we've got to take the positives from that. Uh, I think um, the problem is, is obviously the Arbroath story would be phenomenal. The problem is, is like I don't think I'm trying to rack my head. I don't think there's been a manager in England ever who is in any way, shape, or form like Dick Campbell <laughs> <At all. laughs> in any, any yeah. capacity. Because uh, I've been racking my brains all day trying to think of uh, the. the the only one I could think of that was as um, especially describe it unique as Dick Campbell is, <laughs> uh, is probably and this is a very 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 link uh, kind of like an Ian Holloway, where uh, he's just <laughs> yeah he's always good for a, for a line like if you're in the if you worked in the press or anything or even if you read his press pre, his press conferences and stuff he's absolutely brilliant his box office and there's a clip uh, that I endorse people find on Twitter where he gets hit by a. Uh, he gets hit by the uh, advertising hoardings behind him, and he's just honest. What a man he is! He, he, of all the people in Scottish football, he deserves to get promoted up to the top flight. I think he's this is if he could just get promoted this season, it'd be his 11th promotion on his CV. Um, it's a record in Scotland. Uh, he, yeah, it's an incredible record. I mean, um. You talk about the managers' similarities. I like managers that have personalities. I think it. it I think sometimes you've. It, I mean, everyone learns about some of the, the you know the modern day managers in the Premier League and all that. But if you look at the like you say the ones, I mean, I always think that Sean Dyche is a, is a quite funny in, in some ways as well, um, and what he does and, and how he survives every year, um, yeah, on a low budget. And uh, I just think he's a, he's another one in interviews that sometimes you know he's quite characteristic and and there's also um, you know you need that in the game really don't you? Oh, you, you need characters and we've got a fair few in Scotland, but uh, yeah. for, for Kitty, um obviously they've got a uh, Billy Bowie's obviously quite well off the Scottish football obviously and he's invested in Derek McInnes and like you say McInnes has done a good job. He did against Partick, do the classic McInnes-ism that he did at Aberdeen quite a lot of, being yeah. one up, uh, trying to hold on by bringing on a, a defender. And don't get me wrong, Partick's goal was, was quality, but um, it, it, it's a fear that I think Kiddie fans may have. And I know from when Robbie Nielsen was at United, because it matters more to get promoted and get the win, it seems to be a case of, right, we're in front, hold on to it. And I think a lot of managers, especially ones at United, that United had, and, and um, Alan Stubbs was quite bad for it at Hibs as well, was getting in front against the, against teams and then doing a defensive substitution, which makes sense. But I think it's a slight bit of arrogance in the fact that, oh, well, we are better than them on paper, as uh, as people as it rightly looks. You bring on that defensive substitution as soon as you do that, then you can get broke by a wonder goal or a stramash in the box. It's, yeah. it's, it's one of those though, isn't it? I mean, if it pulls off and we win 1-0, you tell it, everyone says he's a genius, but then, like you say, 
if it doesn't come off, everyone questions the decision. And and for me, I, I, yeah, there was quite a, a lot of tweets going on around that um, after the game. And for me personally, I think it was a wrong decision as well. I just think that I've always, you know, there's always those cliches in football, and they always say the best form of defence is attack. Um, you know, and, and I think that the quality of the Kilmarnock having the attack at the minute, they should have maybe got someone else on it. They brought the winger on that we got on loan from Hibs, Mackay, and he looked quite decent um, when he came on running the wing. And I just feel as though if we brought an extra body up top just to hold the ball up and put the pressure on, because that goal, as, as much as it was a fantastic finish we allowed him to run from you know back to front um, and it was a poor attempt to close him down so you know for me I just feel as though fresh legs on field would have, would have done it but you know it's uh, it's one of them isn't it <laughs> oh, it's just it's just one of them ones that never if you if, like you say if you pulled it off happy days but I think that's a fear that United fans had with Robbie Nielsen in particular and Hearts fans did up to a point of the win's more important, so you're like, right, I hold on to the win. I don't know, McInnes might not do it again. It's just, it is a thing that he did far too often at um, Aberdeen for, for anyone's, anyone at Aberdeen's liking. But at the end of the day, he needs to get out of that division. Kitty needs to get out of that division. And I think... I think I think we could just be more clinical, like, um, and that's with any team, really, like, whether it's your, or it's Dundee United or it's Kilmarnock. Um, I, mean, I mean, there was chances like before. We, it wasn't a penalty, like everyone knows, it wasn't a penalty. Uh, but you take those, don't you? And um, okay. we buried it, like. But there was chances where we could have put two or three in and up, even though we were poor. Um, and I think that's why um, Kilmarnock fans are getting excited at the news um, of Kyle Lafferty coming back to the club, and um, he's a proven goal scorer most clubs. Um, especially in Scotland, he's got a decent record, and, and obviously at Kilmarnock, he you know was phenomenal. I mean, if it wasn't for his goals, we would have been long gone. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Dundee United fans that may have uh, watched the game will, <laughs> will remember what he did to them last season. Um, oh, yeah. it's it's a striker that's probably needed. It's a striker that, like you say, can score in Scotland. He he seemed to. S- fit in at Kitty. Carl Lafferty's problem throughout most of his career is the fact that he doesn't seem to really fit in many places. He fitted in at Hearts, he fitted in at Kitty and he fitted in at Rangers the first time round. And yeah. if you can get the Carl Lafferty that you had last season, happy days. You, you, you will power towards that top flight. He's a bit... The problem for Carl Lafferty is if he doesn't feel the... I say feel the love, if he doesn't really feel necessarily as wanted as he as he'd like, then he can t- kind of drift. Yeah. Uh, which is a, obviously an issue. But to be honest, I think he will probably be thriving on the fact of playing at a team that's constantly putting other teams under pressure and he'll he doesn't have to do a lot of running because a lot of the teams playing Kitty will sit off Kitty, so he doesn't have to do the running, which appears to be his biggest he seems to do well in teams that dominate possession so he doesn't have to run. <laughs> <laughs> and Kitty should theoretically be doing that and if Kitty aren't doing that then something's going wrong elsewhere on the pitch that isn't necessarily his fault um, so yeah I think it'll be, it'll be a good sign hopefully he's no fit for some, uh, for, for Saturday so 
Yeah, the, the, real, well, the thing is, um, I, I, I was working um, overtime today, so I switched my phone on at four, and I'd seen that we signed the uh, young lad in the middle. He was on re- loan at Rafe there, so um, Tate, I think it is. Um, oh, he, the he, yeah, and apparently, um, you know, from what, because cause obviously being in the Premier League, you don't sort of take note of some of the... No, sound a bit disrespectful, but sometimes you don't really concentrate on what's going on in the leagues below. I suppose you, you know it's your player and that. Um, but he apparently was uh, one of the top performing players, and obviously why Hib signed him. Um, so yeah, we've we've nicked him off our mate, one of the main rivals as well, which is good. But basically, um, you know, it's a good steal from them, um, and I really do feel as though if we can get a few more players in the middle, uh, then really. Um, you know, it's great for the likes of, you know, Lafferty, fingers crossed if he does sign. I believe, um, I went to, I was at Power League tonight just before I started this and I was uh, chatting to a couple of lads and they said I was, they spotted him down at the rugby park today and it's, it's pretty obvious it's just a case of um, not if but when um, he signs. So, um, I, some one or two rumours were saying it might be a, a pay-as-you-play deal which may suit both parties as well. Yeah, to, to be honest, yeah, Carl Lafferty, he's definitely one of, I think if he got promoted, he'd probably stay. He, it's a good signing. It is, a, like you say, it's probably, it is more of a case of when, not if. Um, he is a good signing for Kitty and I think he'll give a boost because I think a lot of the fans, obviously you're no better than me, but I think a lot of the fans are at a point where they're a bit underwhelmed by the performances. I know under Tommy Wright, they were very much underwhelmed by the performances, hence the reason he got sacked due to the fog, uh, which uh, I hear was the best performance he'd seen all season. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. It, yeah. No, the, 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 the way, I mean, Tommy Wright, to be fair, the, the problem with Tommy Wright was he could, he could perform well against the teams outside, you know, the teams around us, basically, and get the points and he had a great record. But, you know, no disrespect, we should be winning those games. He didn't. It didn't look convincing at times, um, and he didn't have a plan B. And 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 not just that. You listen to him and his persona, and he's he just comes across. It doesn't come across as I don't know. It's just that's the way Tommy Wright always has been, I suppose. But um, yeah, there wasn't that feel, if you know what I mean, that connection between the fans. Um, and whereas McInnes, um as much as we've had our gripes because. We've struggled to beat Aberdeen forever, um, and he had a great record. McInnes did at you know, Rugby Park. He um, he's one of those people that you can just listen to. Uh, I think he's a very knowledgeable person, um, and he's quite interesting to listen to. I could listen to his interviews all day, um, and like you said, I, I I still can't believe he's he's our, our gaffer like, but um, you know it, it is what it is, and he's, we've obviously. And stretch the budget to, to get him, which is great. So we just now need to achieve it. But yeah, um, going forward, right to Saturday then. So I mean, let, let's let's talk about Dundee United season so far because let's let's face it, we've had a pretty good season really, haven't you? Um, yeah, it started off a pretty good season. It hasn't been lately. It's a six-game uh, losing streak. Uh, we've been on. Um, recently, our issue has been massively the inability to score goals. This is um, we 
we were uh, we were keeping very strong clean uh, keeping a lot of clean sheets. We just couldn't score. Where there's now seems to be uh, a lot more of a case that we stopped um, keeping clean sheets and we stopped being able to score. Obviously, we brought in Tony Watt, uh, who played he only played about ten fifteen minutes on uh, Monday uh, Tuesday night rather. I think he will hopefully give us that goal scoring that we've missed. I mean, last season I know we had Lawrence Shankman, who obviously sold for just over a million quid. However, uh, Nicky Clark was probably the one that scored the more more important goals. He was the one who scored the winners, rather than uh, if you know what I mean. So we obviously Tony Watts a good signing, three and a half year, well three year, yeah, three and a half year deal. Nothing wrong with that. He came in on Monday. I think he'll probably start on Saturday, to be honest. Uh, Mark McNulty's just come back from an injury, so it'll be a toss-up between the two of them. Um, we've got quite... The style of football we play is quite similar to the style of football I've been played under McInnes, so it could be a bit of a... a, a bit of a... a bit of a hard watch, shall we say. Uh, <laughs> I can't imagine it's going to... I'm going to say this. Like, I said this on a preview before we played Hearts and ended up being uh, <laughs> So let's hope, let's hope that, 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 that that's what the, the outcome is. But I imagine it will be a bit of a, a bit of a slog. United do try to play quote-unquote proper football. Um, they try to pass it out from the back, which does everyone's nothing after a wee while. Um but I think it will be uh, it'll be an interesting game. I think games like this are never they're never good for the Premier League, Premier League side. So, see if we were play, to play a team from League One or League Two, right? For example, then yeah. the pressure isn't really on because to win that game, you just need to turn you need to turn up, and as long as you can match the desire of the opposition, then your quality should shine through. The difference is with Killy and a lot of the other teams in the championship, is that's not all that's needed. The desire, yeah, the quality, theoretically, should be there, but it doesn't necessarily mean it is. Um, so, if United win, fair enough. Well, uh, I don't think you've just, uh, just lost... Situation realistically, um, Kelly are probably out with the top flight teams, probably the one of the hardest ones to face up their uh, face. Uh, I think United's hope is that Kelly take it a little less serious this season with the aim to get promoted. I know that's what United did when we were trying to get promotion, that's what Hibs did when the, the season when they were trying to get promotion, uh, when they got promoted. It's. I think that's possibly a thing United will take into consideration or United will look at it as Kiddie are trying to grab a scalp because it'll do their confidence the world of good. It's, it's a really yeah. cool. Um, for... Yeah, it could, it, could, it, could be, it could be an interesting... I mean, to be fair, the way I look at it is, um, you know, 
it's one of them because Kilmarnock have only just come down in Dundee United, you know, been in the championship before as well. So, I mean, if we win, I wouldn't say it's a shock. But if Dundee United win, then you'd say they've done their job. You know, they're the Premier League team. So it's one of them. I mean, I, I, I can only speak or assume, but I guess you'd be disappointed if you lost because it's a chance to, um, you know, win some something. I always see... You know, teams obviously aside of Rangers and Celtic, you know, anyone in the league, if you finish in the top six and get a good cup run and get to the final, you've had a good season. Yeah, I think if United were to lose, it would possibly be the death nail for Tam Court. Uh, his uh, the fans have been turning against in the last few games. A six-game losing streak is not helping matters. His post-match interviews are a bit mental, to be honest. I don't really think... I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to do what a lot of managers do these days, which is to focus on the positives of games. It kind of, I think, is great in a lot of United fans. On um, Tuesday night, we were losing uh, 1-0 at half-time and the booing was un- unbelievable. Um he has a bad tendency of not making player selections that you'd expect him to make. Now, he might be doing that for some mental, tactical mind games with his opposition num- opposite number, or he's unsure himself. It's, re- it's really difficult. United, the start of the season was really good. However, since then, it hasn't continued. Um... Like I said, we are fairly difficult to score against, which does turn it into sort of a battle and nutri- nutritional battle. Uh, we have got a couple of, a few very good players. I mean, obviously, we've got Charlie McGrew. Um, uh, everyone we know likes to score from a corner. Um, we've got uh, Shandel Fuchs, who is a very, like good, him. very yeah, good player, yeah. but he has this habit that like, you'll, you'll know it is from, from watching Kiri players right now. But he's one of them players. See if you're on TV, on live TV. He is very good. Um, see when you're not necessarily on live TV, you start to understand why he's maybe at United, and it's not through that. It's just you kind of feel something like if you can't be bothered, he's at the game passing by. And yeah, on other occasions, he is really, really good, and he's one of the one of the better players on the team. Uh, I think for Kelly, it's probably Craig Slater was quite bad for that. I imagine. Um, was one of the ones that would perform on TV. Stuart Finney <laughs> would perform when the game was live on TV, but when the game wasn't live on TV, you wouldn't necessarily see him. Um, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of players that I can think of in the past, definitely. Um, but it's, I suppose, um, they sit, some players maybe see that as an opportunity to put themselves in the in the window as well. Oh yeah, it's absolutely no issue with it. I say no issue. It does my head, but like. I understand, obviously, you know, you're just kind of a bit like, come on, <laughs> it can't be. If you play to half your ability all the time, then you don't have to worry about the teddy to put yourself in the shop window because you can still see it. But um, yeah. obviously, we, saw, we sold uh, Kerr Smith to Villa uh, about a week ago. That's given us, obviously, a bit of an injection of cash. That's been spent on Tony Watt, bringing them in earlier. That's a good time. I think that's possibly the one that most United fans are looking forward to seeing. They're looking forward to seeing how 
how Tony Watt does. The problem for Tony Watt is he's been the top scorer in the top flight this season, uh, nine goals, I think it is. And effectively, if he makes his debut against a team in a division below him, uh, people are going to expect him to produce something that first day. Yeah. Uh, it could get a bit toxic. United fans are incredibly irritated at the minute, especially with the performances. And I think that it's a case of if if um if Kitty go in front, United haven't really done a lot this season to pull it back at all from realis- realistically. So I think that will that could become an issue. But I believe if I'm not, if I'm if I'm right, I might be wrong, but I believe this is the first Kitty game in front of fans for Dennis McInnes. Yeah, so, yeah, it's the first home game, yeah. So it would be Dundee United would probably love to um put a hammer in the works there, like. Oh I mean Dennis Kiss was United captain for the while. Um he is uh, remembered by Dundee United fans. Uh as a player though, because it's great. See if Kitty could sign Dennis McKinnis <laughs> as a player, you'd <laughs> he's uh, be bossing midfield. But um yeah it, I think it'll be a tight game. Like I said, I don't think it'll be one for the purists. <laughs> um, so, so, go, so going on that then, what's your prediction then? Uh, oh dear, I've just slagged United off. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I think... I'm going to go with 2-1. I think it'll go 2-1. I don't... The fear I've got is I don't... We've obviously signed a new keeper because our one, uh, Trevor Carson's gone out on London Walkham. Uh, he's a Swedish boy. Was he Finnish? I think he's Finnish actually. I'm not going to make a joke because it's my head. Um, <laughs> he, 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 I think he might come in for the start. I've seen his highlights on the internet, but I mean, on the internet, they, they're never gonna, you don't get a highlight reel of you making mistakes. <laughs> you don't see you don't see the highlights of the keeper dropping one between his legs. You only no. see the, the highlights of the keeper pulling off a worldie. Um, like I say, Tony Watt, I think will have a point to prove, especially with. Some of the, uh, not abuse, that's probably the wrong way of putting it, but some of the criticism he received after leaving Motherwell, I think yeah. he he will have a point to prove. Uh, and after Tuesday night, he probably has a bit more of a point to prove. And um, I think that could go in United's favour. Also, yeah. uh, what could probably go in United's favour is if United do score first, Killy haven't had a good habit of fighting back either from being the goal down this season. No, um, you're right. Yeah. So that could uh, both teams, I think, are in a similar situation in that whoever I, I know it's a cliche, but I think whoever does score first genuinely will probably, probably win this game. Uh, I don't think mm. it'll be a cricket. I don't think it'll be a high-scoring game for for a minute, <laughs> but I do think it'll be a good game all the same. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, Kilmarnock's defence this season, even though we've been iffy. Dominated maybe in some of the big games, uh, like at Partick, we still managed to not, you know, have the best defence in the league. And you know, we played Hibs earlier on in the season in the cup, and we we took them to half time at nil nil, and you know, obviously lost two nil, but we had our chances. It's a cup game. Come on, fans will want to put in a big performance in front of McInnes in his first home game, in front of the Kelly fans. It'll be the first game back, um, obviously, since the rules have been lifted. Um, 
you know, so there'll be one, you know, the, the players will know that as well. And there's players out there that may be given a chance that maybe not in the league. So there may be a bit of shift in the lineup. Um, so those players may want to put a point to prove. There'll be players that maybe haven't performed in the last couple of games, may get another chance. You know, the window's closing soon. So there's a lot of things out there that, that could really sway a good performance, but it could also you know, also carry on and, you know, then, then it may be the sort of performance that come on put in, especially at home, you know, home form is terrible this year. Um, you know, we, we either win or lose. So, for me, my, 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 my heart says 1-0 uh, simply because your lack of goals and our lack of goals and I can just sit being a, a, a close game but I feel that with Tony Watt um, if he is playing you know, you're going to have a goal in you. So I, I'm swaying towards a 1-1 draw. Um, now, have they scrapped replays like they have in England or is it um, a replay? I believe though it is a replay. I believe yeah, it is. So, uh, so I'm, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for a 1-1 anyway uh, in, in 90 minutes and uh, yeah and then obviously if it is a replay then we'll be back up at your place so we can maybe have a chat on that <laughs> but um, but yeah I'm going to go for a 1-1 I think I think we, we're good enough to um, get something against you tomorrow anyway and it'll be a very close game like you say I do I, I totally agree with you I think um, there's lapses in both teams at the minute McInnes hasn't got quite the team he wants yet it just depends whether he like you say uh, whether he feels the strongest team but you know, we've got, we may not play Hemming in goal, but then we've got Walker, who is um, probably, he hasn't let us down either. You know, I've seen him in a couple of games and um, to be honest, you know, if Hemming went back to Middlesbrough tomorrow, I wouldn't have any reservations about Walker being in for the rest of the season. So, um, we're quite lucky in that respect. And compared to last season, where we were the total opposite with goalkeepers. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was it was a total yeah, it was a plan. But going, going on going on the form though, obviously, you know, last season we beat you four 0 and three 0 at home, so Oh, I mean United I don't know what it is in Rugby Park. We always seem to have a bloody nightmare there. I mean <laughs> Apart from the time when we got relegated and it was already confirmed, I think we came away with a 4-2 win. Um, yeah. Oh, I, uh, I remember that. We always seem to to, to, to struggle at uh, Rugby Park, whereas at Tannadice we always seem to, I'm not going to say stroll it, but it seems to be a lot easier. That was before the plastic pitch as well. Like, this, isn't a, this isn't a newfangled hoodoo. This is a, this is a hoodoo that's existed for quite a while. But, um, yeah, we always seem to struggle at Kitty Park. At Kitty. I mean, Rugby Park is, it's, I don't know, I assume most people that listen to this must obviously have been to, to Rugby Park, but it is a tight ground and the away stand is designed to, to cut off the circulation to your legs. Um, <laughs> with possibly outside Tancastle, one of the steepest stands I've ever been in in my, in my life. And that includes the whole end. I mean, it's, um, it is a unique kind of place and for whatever reason United just seem to struggle there but um... so yeah so just just out of interest you're, you're talking about the uh, obviously the, the away end and that so 
I believe it was like they were given a four 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 thousand allocation and um I was like there's no way you're gonna sell that out and then there was some Dundee United fans commenting that um sort of saying no you'd be surprised so there, there was there was one or two saying that they reckon it could be two two and a half is, is that sort of uh, is that true or is that just them? Um... <laughs> no no that's that's true as far as I'm aware as far as I'm aware it is uh, I think the last count two seven five have been sold so far. Well, that's brilliant. That's all right. So, no, because I mean, I'm, I'm going to the game on um, on Saturday, and my daughter um, is five, and lockdown's been crazy. Like, so she's hardly seen Kelly. Uh, first took her just before lockdown. So, in terms of crowds, I never took her to Rangers or Celtic for obvious reasons. Um, but be, wait till she's 25 for that. Yeah, I was going to say, wait, yeah, wait, I'll let her make her own mind up. She may not even want to support Killy by then. <laughs> um, she, she may have outgrown it. But so, so yeah, she's getting punishment on um, on Saturday while mum's working. Um, but now she's coming with me. So it's good to know then there's going to be a good way following because, um, yes, yeah, it'll, be, it'll be good for her to be a good atmosphere. So so that's good. That's um, So it's interesting. I'd probably be talking maybe just under 3,000. Yeah, I mean, yeah. To be fair to you, like, every, uh, for cup games in particular, the away support, especially Scottish cup games, is always quite high. Um, it always has been for as long as I can remember. And I think it's because the Scottish cup, I think, holds a special heart in the place of United, Dundee United fans. And um, I think that's part of the reason why the support for, for them, for, Cup games, especially away from home, is always massive. Um, you see some top flight teams who tend to tend to not give, not not really take a large travelling support for the cup games. You, you do see that quite a lot. But United, to be, to their credit, United fans they they do turn up for the Scottish Cup in particular. Um, League Cup is a bit more questionable. They tend not to bother. They, well, I say not to bother. That's probably harsh, but. I think the League Cup has a lesser special place, whereas the Scottish Cup uh, for United fans, because it took so long to win it. And when I we th- did I win think... it, it, it was the end of an era. And uh, I, I, I think it. that's the, the beauty, though, isn't it? The, the Cup, it's um, anything can happen. Anyone can beat anyone, as, as proven. I think it's the, the, the magic of seeing a small team outdo a Premier League team and... and when the cup draw comes, you, you, as a neutral, you obviously want your team to get a glamour tie. But also, when you're watching the draw, for me, um, I make special time to make sure I'm watching the the, you know, the third round of the FA Cup draw, whether my team's in it or not. Um, you know, and, and Shrewsbury have, have had phenomenal cup games in the past. I mean, they played Liverpool away, um, you know, the other week. Um, you know, and it's like you say. I mean, well, I believe you're going to uh, you're working as the Auchinleck game at Park. So there's a prime example. Um, that's what the cups all about, and that's what makes it so glamorous and amazing. I suppose. Oh yeah, I mean, um, the the FA Cup is a is an awkward one because the FA Cup is taken seriously by all the teams outside of top six in England. It's taken seriously by all of them. You know, the top six in England don't seem to take really care for it through the last few stages. I mean, there's certain clubs in England that I think if I had my way, I'd deduct some points purely for the, the, the pathetic attitude towards Cup, Bournemouth being the main ones, um, and Watford, to be fair. Uh, but I think in Scotland, most teams take it 
unless you've got a very specific reason that season to not have to take not to take it seriously. A.K. It's a tight promotion, and uh, it's only really a champion top of the championship that can really argue that because most League One, League Two sides are out by the third round. Um, yeah. So out with the top of the championship, Rangers and Celtic need to take it seriously because if they don't, effectively, if they don't win it, then unbelievably the managers seem to be under pressure. Um, in England, it seems to be teams take it seriously a lot more. Uh, a lot of teams take it more seriously, but there were equally there are more teams that seem to. There are more teams that take it seriously, which is the important thing. But there are a couple of teams that I think consistently haven't done so. Um, I think that's a bit of a shame. I, th- I think the League Cups in both England and Scotland are possibly rather sadly coming towards the end. Um, because the League Cup in Scotland has got more of a history. It, it's been around since the end of the Second World War. And East Fife have won it twice. So it's got a lot more history about it. Whereas I think the Cup in England is a, it was brought in because England didn't want to take part in the European Cup, and then eventually they backed down because the clubs wanted to take part in the European Cup, and the League Cup sort of still there, and I think that will sadly pass into history soon. But hopefully, things like the FA Cup and the Scottish Cup, I think they'll always stay. But they're then important to to the fans more. Yeah, they don't I mean, grab the TV yeah, rights, I mean, but they are to the fans. <laughs> no, I mean for me, um, growing up as a kid. Like the big teams took it seriously, whereas now growing up, money has changed everything. Um, and I, I used to, I always look back at, like, I know, you know, looking back at Premier League years, for example, um, on Sky, and, and you're watching these great players and, and you know, and, and the teams, and they, every, they took every competition seriously. You know, Man United won the treble that year. And, and they were playing in the FA Cup. They were, you know, they were playing the full team that they're playing the, in in the Premier League game. You know, it wasn't. Yeah, there'd be one or two changes, but it'd still be a, a top team. But I mean, to be fair, Man City, you would expect them when they were playing Swindon just to turn up and rack their reserves. But they had De Bruyne playing, Cachel, uh, you know, basically they. I must, you know, they had um, Silver playing. Um, you know, they had a full squad out, you know, um, so fair play to uh, Man City to give them the Swindon public that night, a, a, you know, obviously they lost, but, you know, those Swindon fans, they're not going to get to see those players every day. So um, credit to Man City for, you know, honouring the competition to how it should be, like you say. Oh, it's it's a little bit sad. Um but I don't think I'll happen on Saturday. I think United will take it. United are going to take it seriously. They, they need to. Um, they also need the match practice, to be brutally honest. I mean, it's, <laughs> they've had nearly three weeks off. If you said to Cena's had basically three weeks off, right? The first game's St. Mirren, fair enough. The second game's in the cup away from home against the lower league side. Most, I imagine most would take that. Um, so, yeah. It, it, it will be good like we say it's a bit sad some teams and in England in particular not so much in Scotland in England don't take it so seriously in Scotland yeah. um, a lot of teams do the, the problem is in Scotland is we have so many bloody preliminary it's the same in England I suppose really they've got the third round we obviously go to the fourth round before we get the top flight teams in but that's more due to lack of numbers rather than anything else but um, I think next season there might be a small change because I think there are a lot of Western Scotland teams former junior sides 
are gaining their SFA membership. Uh, predominantly, so if they get promoted, they can play in the, play in the relevant leagues. But with the SFA membership, they'll get to uh, take part in the Scottish Cup proper, instead of just the Junior Cup. That's and good. I think that may bring in an extra round or slightly oh, bigger, yeah. slightly bigger fourth round because I think there currently are 12, 12 teams off the top of my head that are applying for membership. Um, so that will be that'll be good because it means that we'll be able to see the likes of obviously you live in Ayrshire, which is obviously a hotbed of for yeah. junior football. Uh, so the the, the the likes of seeing Cumnock and Pollock and Arthur, Arthur and, and, and teams like that will be enticing I think for a lot of people um, so I think that'll add a little bit I think that'll bring a little bit more back to the, the Scottish Cup next, for next season anyway because I think you can quite enjoy watching them teams It's quite incredible that we're in the um, obviously in, the, in this round coming up this weekend and we've got four Ayrshire teams in the Cup as well so you know obviously ourselves are a bit of rivals I'm not going to mention the name. Um, uh, <laughs> everyone knows that. And uh, obviously, Ockenlech uh, against Hearts, and then also Darvel, who against Arbroath, funnily enough, who we've already mentioned. So, I mean, Darvel obviously had money in that, which helps. But at the same point, you've got to still earn your stripes. Um, and fair play to them. You know, they're, having, they're giving it a good go, aren't they? Oh, yeah. I mean, to be fair to, to Darvel, they have. I think it's quite talent how good uh, Pollock have been. That Pollock have pushed Ockenleck and Darvel, both two teams. Ockenleck have obviously been have been quite well known for the fact that they they hoovered up a lot of the junior talent around Ayrshire. Uh, so uh, that, they've always been good. Darvel have obviously, like you say, they've put money enough. They've got David Galt, I think, playing for them. They've got uh, Gary, uh, is Gary Irvin playing for them as well, I think. So they've yeah, got Ross, Ross Perry as well, the next Rangers. Ross Perry, and... I knew there was one. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think it's quite, quite telling that the Pollock, who aren't in the Scottish Cup because they don't have SFA membership, they're currently having the, the, the floodlights built in the ground just now so that they will gain SFA membership. But it's quite telling that they've they've held those two teams off. But I think it's quite interesting as if, if anyone ever looks at the, the, the bigger pyramid in Scotland, that, that these are big, these are big teams. These these generally are support wise, they are massive, and it'll be good to have them. All of them fighting in the lower echelons of Scottish football. That'll, that'll bring a bit of spice about it. And like you say, Ockenlecker, yeah. one of them. If you were to take all the teams in Asia, Ockenlecker the most successful by trophy numbers. Problem is, they would only ever play in the junior trophy because they never wanted proper SFA membership. But um, yeah, it's exciting times, I think, for football, especially around Kelly and Asia. It's always good to see people supporting teams that aren't. You know, yeah, I, I remember. Uh, I remember when the draw was being made, and obviously we got yourselves, but there was a uh, Lack and Darvel in it, and I just had this fear of us getting Ockenlack away or Darvel away, you know. And especially at the time, we had Tommy Wright, so <laughs> it, it it was just that fear of you know going and doing what heart what happened to Hearts, you know, last season. Um, so, so yeah, and, that, and that's, I suppose that's the beauty of the cup. And I mean, it'd be great in one way, but in another way, um, it wouldn't. And I remember, um, I remember Kathy Jameson uh, tweeted about because she's, uh, you know, keen Ockham lectures. Um, 
which has a fun sort of spot for them as well, fucking like. So she said it was going to be a worse nightmare if fucking like uh, Drew come on. <laughs> so luckily they didn't. Oh, but, it'd, be, it'd be some game, put it that way. There's only, it's only a, what, one train stop <laughs> between the Yeah, two. I, I, I think... Um, I think Carts will win, but I don't think it's going to be a rollover like people think. I think it'll be. I think Ockenlack will score, make it tough for them. It was, you know, it was it was good for a cup game, and um, so I think it'll be two one to Hearts in that one. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I think it'll be Ockenlack not going to want to be turned over, but they've got not a bad pedigree. I mean, they beat Hamilton, they've beaten Air a couple of seasons ago. They've got. Quite a quite a reputation for, for pulling off a a giant killing. I mean, they played Hearts about oh, eight years ago, I think it was. And Hearts only beaten one nil at Tynecastle, so I don't think they'll be disgraced in any way, shape, or form. Hearts are obviously in good form. They're third in the Premiership. I mean, they're not you know they're, they're not a basket case as they once used to be, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, it'll be a good game either way. It'll be a uh, the, the only thing is, though, I mean, they just lost their centre back to Rangers. I know he's not officially, effectively gone yet, um, but the talks are that Rangers are trying to push a deal for Suter. And, um, you know, will he be involved for them now? I think um, he will be. Uh, I, I remember when he was at United, and he, he did a very similar thing to United as what he's done to Hearts, which is he lets his contract run down very, very, very low. And then, as soon as he's eligible to speak to other clubs, he does. It's highly his prerogative at the end of the day. Uh, and then when we, it was with Hearts, uh, he signed a pre-contract with Hearts. And then about three days, that was about three days before the window shut, to be fair. And then on the, the day the window shut, he, he signed, I think it was for, if my memory serves me right, I think 250 grand. I might be, I might be a wee bit off on that. Mm. But I think it was about two hundred and fifty grand he, he he signed for. It's not a shock that he's done the same to Hearts. Um, he will be currently, as he did on Tuesday night, experience the fury of the fans. He will know why the fans are irritated. He's he's not a daft he's not a daft boy. He'll know it's not so much the pre contract, it's the fact of where he signed the pre contract, as you will probably vouch. Yeah. In Scotland, you don't yeah. mind if your player leaves and signs a pre-contract, as long as that pre-contract is near with the old firm. <laughs> yeah, uh, if it's with the old firm, you're going to get booed, and re- relentlessly, to be honest. Um, which is fair. <laughs> it, always, it, always, it always reminds me of uh, Jordan Jones um, when he was at us, and he signed a pre-contract with Rangers. And then, funnily enough, we played Rangers in the next game after he gave it the big one on, on Twitter. Um, and then he scored. Um, and then after that, Steve Clark did probably the best probably the best decision, really, and just didn't play him for the rest of the season. <laughs> so he scored against Rangers. That effectively stopped the charge um, on the way to the title that year. So... And his Rangers career, we all know what happened to his Rangers career. So um, it, <laughs> it was uh, it reminds it reminds me of that really uh, with that pre contract. It's, it's it's a weird one pre contract. I mean, you, you don't necessarily you don't get that in England unless you obviously go and 
it's 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 more of a it's more of a Scottish thing. Um and, and I sort of find that weird every January you, you always get this situation with players, don't you? Yeah, it's quite um I understand behind it. I don't really see obviously in England is not allowed if you're on a six months not a celebrate contract with a, a, a team in the same division but you are allowed to go abroad. It, in Scotland I think it should probably argue argue Arguments think it should probably be the same rule because, in particular, you'll be you'll have players in Tony Watt's situation or John Sutter's situation, which is they've signed a pre contract with a different team. The fans of the team that you're at, no matter what the player says, will view you differently. And every fan will say to you one to one, they understand the financial aspect of it. No one's going to argue with that. But the problem is when people compare it, is Whatever your job is, you probably don't have 1,000, 2,000, 10,000, 20,000 people emotionally invested in the company that you're working for, uh, which does cloud the judgment because we're supporters. And as a supporter, you you would give anything to, to go on that pitch wearing that, that shirt. And they're going to do, live your dream effectively. And that's because they can't understand how you can turn the back on it, but you're emotionally involved in it. I think that's why for Villa fans, the Jack Grealish thing was, and the Dean Smith thing, to be fair, was pretty difficult because we, as supporters, grew up standing in like the whole Endor Trinity Road or whatever it was. And your people next year, their family members were living out the dream that you'd had. So I think for Dean Smith in particular, Jack Grealish is slightly different, but Dean Smith in particular, it was as though he was living the dream that you'd always wanted and every Villa fan was getting to live a little bit of the dream with him. Like his dad was a steward, he was a Villa fan, he was a season ticket holder. Every Villa fan was living a little bit of the dream, so I think that's why they made the Dean Smith thing difficult. Um, whereas the likes of Tony Watt and even Jordan Jones, I don't buy for a minute. Jordan Jones was a Rangers fan growing up. He, he claims he was, but I don't think he was. But, nah. um, <laughs> but it's it's difficult because when you're emotionally invested in it, it's 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 hard to. You can understand on a basic level, but you can't disassociate your emotion from it. Which is the yeah. thing. The problem is to John Sutton. Is John Sutton's obviously very well uh, repaid for at hearts. Arts have done a lot for him. I mean, he's had three. Um, is it Kiris? He's had three Kiris ligaments. Yeah, um, no, he's had a quite snaps. a few injuries. I mean, you don't get players recover from that. That's that's my professional physio opinion. Uh, you don't get people recover from from three of those particularly well. To recovering, become get back to international football is amazing. Uh, it shows an incredible deal of strength. So I don't think I think he can cope with the dealing of the being booed because mentally he's he's more than strong enough to deal with that. But I think yeah. it's the other people around him because even other players are effectively being questioned. So I know that there's a there was it's quite funny. The internet is brilliant. Pie and Bovlo for anyone from England, go on Pie and Bovlo. It's a good laugh. Um, yeah, I follow that. It's good. <laughs> Pie and Bovlo. There's a the the. the the, the Hearts thread is, is brilliant. There's a rumour on there circulating that Andy Halliday, obviously a Hearts midfielder, former Rangers player, uh, is often on radio stations talking about a team that he doesn't play for. 
Um, he was accused by Hearts fans of effectively swaying John Sutter's mind into going to Rangers. He can get him quite a bit of abuse and he can get him booed. There's absolutely nothing in it. I mean, he's just a footballer. He's just a professional footballer. He used to play at a different club. And he didn't want to. Preston, would you have then booed a boy on loan from Preston? No, you wouldn't because he's not mental. So it's... Um, it's a little bit strange, but I think he'll be fine. It's just think it's at that situation now where, arguably, for all sides involved, it's probably best to let the boy go. Yeah, I know he's yeah. probably Hart's best centre half, but if you've got half, if you've got a sizable portion of your support booing every touch he does, that is going to effectively that is going to end up affecting other players on the pitch. Um, no, think I know that it's. Um... It, it, you've got to do what's best for the team and it, it's hard isn't it but as a I suppose you know as a manager you've got to think what, what's going to be the best thing so I think you're right in, in that um, I mean you touched on you know mental strength and that and obviously on this on podcast and that I talk about mental health and that now football and men, uh, mental health you know well Football helps me- uh, mental health in many ways, I believe, especially if you're alone, but even if you're not. Um, a lot of people struggled with mental health during lockdown and are still having the effects of that. I mean, for me, it was quite hard, um, even though I ha- you know, have a job, I've got a great family and that, but I really did miss my football and it re- was really hard. Um how was it for you? You know, how did you find it mentally through lockdown? Just not even uh, just away from football, just in terms of family as well. Did you did you find it easy? Did you find it tough at times? How was it for you? Um, I'll be honest, it wasn't right. I will clarify this. Right, um, I was a nuclear submariner for quite a long time, so being isolated, and not not being able to do anything, and not be able to go outside, it was arguably one of my few strokes on my CV. Um, however. Uh, I did to be fair I kept myself quite busy like, I wrote a book I started writing the second book which is out later this year um, I also uh, do a podcast on Irish football so I was quite busy dealing with that because their season is opposite Scottish season so it kept me quite busy um, and I'm also studying for a degree so <laughs> yeah I didn't really, I didn't really have the time to uh, I'm not saying to stop, but I didn't. I was genuinely, I kept myself really busy, which is a mechanism that I've used to deal with issues that I like a lot. I, I try to keep myself as occupied as I possibly can, um, especially if I'm struggling, like like mentally. Then I'll try and find something to do. There, there always is. I've got a two-year-old daughter, so <laughs> there's always something to do. But um, yeah. <laughs> it's never bloody ending. But um, mm. in the last kind of half lockdown another one after Christmas hit a lot of people hardest because that was the one where it's kind of like that was the one that felt like it was never ending that was the one that, uh, that wasn't so much the lockdown it was the almost the the anxiety and build up to the lockdown like you knew it was coming and you didn't know whether things that you had planned were going to go ahead you didn't know what was going to happen you didn't and then I think the way football was slammed Needlessly, realistically, it was a mitten after that the 500 number was plucked out of thin air. Um, I think that was possibly the one that pushed people the furthest. I think the first one, 
you can kind of get on board with because you understood the great good. The second one, you're a bit like, oofed. And then you got the vaccines and everything like that, so everyone thinks that the world's coming back to normal-ish. And obviously the one that we had at Christmas was the one I think pushed people the furthest. Um, I generally just tried to keep myself busy. I'm not going to lie. That was my, my overall... Piece and that's advice, good. Which is... it's, it's good. It's good that you share that, like, on here, because not everyone suffers from that. And um, for me, I try to keep busy, like you say, and and I and this is and, you know I started doing this um, to try and you know drive away and do something positive. And, and to be fair, it's it's helped. You know, it has helped. So you're right in what you say. So no, it's good that you do share stuff like this on, on what you do that keeps you positive. Because there'll be people listening to this that that you know do find it hard to motivate themselves and do stuff. I always find as well I found that going for walks and that helps and meeting up with someone when you could go for a walk it was quite good as well I, I um the, the thing that I did that I'd recommend to everyone is I started to read a lot more like like just books but I, I tried to read pretty much anything I could get my hands on just to obviously I, I, I wrote a couple of books or so, but the, the best way to become a good writer is to be a good reader and to read as much as you can but I set myself the this, this small task of just one chapter of a book a day. That's it. That was all it was. And it was, um, it's a good way, I think, to help people because doing the reading, you don't doom scroll. So you've, you've probably done it yourself. Anyone listening to this has probably done it. But you're just sitting, flicking through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whichever one it may be. And it's just all this. It's either people going on about the bad news or sharing their opinion on the bad news or telling you how everyone is, uh, whatever they're doing, hopeless, how waiting lists are through the roof for pretty much everything. And I found, see, if you're just reading, if you're reading a book, you got Kindle, whatever it is, you're taking half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour maybe, away from your phone, and that's the best thing you can possibly do, is get, a, get yourself away from your phone for that little bit of time because you'll finish you'll finish the book the chapter whatever it may be you can go back to your phone and you look at the notifications you're like but yeah but I've just actually you feel like you've achieved something it's, it's only a wee thing it's like making your bed every day that's a piece of advice I give to everyone just make your bed because if you make your bed it's a small victory in life because you can go back and even if you've got a crappy day your bed's made <laughs> you know yeah it's, no, it's you, you, you job I, th- I think I think what you're sort of um, getting on really is routine as well. Like it's about having a, a routine that fits you as well, and and obviously that's something you found that 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 suits you. And like you say, you got you know life can be hectic at times. You can have challenges every day thrown at you unexpectedly in in work, um, family situations. You know, you've got a kid yourself. I've got a five year old myself, so. You know, it's it's never ending, but um, you are sometimes you have got that time where you are by yourself doing, you know, and it's about filling that time as well because you've got to have your own time. And sometimes, like you say, I, I've been guilty of it before. I mean, I remember numerous times I'd be like, right, I'm going to go upstairs and do that, or I'm going to, you know, do this and do that. And then my phone will ping, and you'll pick up your phone, and before you know it, you've wasted an hour because you're scrolling through your phone. Oh yeah, I, that's that's been my piece of advice. To be fair, the, the other thing that I do is I try to go to 
I particularly quite like junior football for it, like Western Scotland football. I tend to go to the football. I quite like either. I quite like going to football by myself. I'm a bit of a, I say weirdo. I enjoy it. I've, I've, I said at the very start, I was in the Navy for quite a long time and um, you do tend to just go off and do things by yourself because you end up drafted random places and stuff. Uh, yeah, but I, I tend to go to the football quite a lot. I, sit, I get an hour and a half's worth of peace. And if you've got kids that are in hasp, it's golden. <laughs> um, <laughs> just like, oh, no her tap and take a bloody Paw Patrol for. Oh, that's great. Oh, what a dream. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm past that stage, luckily. I'm now on to um, Barbies and um, Disney, and I just basically any, anything. I, I think um, I only get the TV when she's in bed. Um, or if it's not that, I'm having to watch the football on the tablet. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's um, it is good to be back. I also think because I took because it was like a year and a half of not being able to go to any football, I have been enjoying it. I set myself a, a stupid wee challenge of trying to get to every football ground in Glasgow, which is twenty-two, and um, just a, it's just a, like a wee so after we take challenges or something. Right. It's something that you set for yourself. It's not for it's not for the greater good. But um, yeah, I, I've always tried to tell people that I think the worst thing, especially in that lockdown, that I learned personally was just how well social media can be phenomenal and achieve many many great things. It's also just how damaging it can be to your own mindset. Sometimes, you, you, especially. If, prior to, especially when the new announcements were coming out and the anxiety I think a lot of people got built up from expected impending doom um, I don't think that their social media outlets helped in any way, shape or form it's not their fault, you know, they, they can't stop the views being the views but um, you can you can filter what you see and breaking away yeah. from it for a while I think is a good thing for, for, for pretty much everyone, I recommend it to most people that are feeling a bit down or a bit crap Take a wee break away from it, and trust me, <laughs> trust me, you, you will feel better. It is nice. <laughs> but, but even um, like, you know, when when the football is open and that, and you can go back to games, it's such a great feeling. I remember saying during lockdown, like to various people on here and just in general, like, chit chatting about. And I remember saying, God, I can't wait to get back to football. I'm never going to moan about getting humped four or five nil again. I'm I'm just going to be grateful that I'm at a game. I'm seeing my faces. I'm doing the routine I normally do. Pick up my program. Um, you, you know, do the things that you do on a football day. You know, your routine. Um, and yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing, isn't it? Really, you say that, and then you go back to the first game or two games, and you're doing what you've always done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was um, I was absolutely buzzing to be back on Tuesday night, walking back through the gate and stuff, and then with. <laughs> Within five minutes, we were one nil down. And I was like, "Right, well, that's the, that's the end of that fun." <laughs> Lock it's us a beauty back of football. Look us back it's, down, Mister Sturgeon. That was crap. <laughs> it's, it's the beauty of football, though. Um, I think because anything can happen in football, and you, you go through, and that's what that's what makes it like great in a way. I suppose in a way, you don't support like the Rangers or Celtic or United, you Liverpool's, yeah. But say United, United's a poor example. Um, <laughs> Your cities, you know, your, your, your Chelsea's and that, because you're guaranteed to be winning stuff where you should be. Whereas, it seems like 
Dundee, United, Villas, your Shrewsbury's, your Kilmarnock's. Um, you know, nine times out of ten, you, you can predict how the season's going to go to a certain degree, but you can also predict the unexpected. And if you get a win over a, an old firm, or you win in the cup against a bigger team, or you win a cup, you sort of that's what you live for in the season, really. And it's quite exciting. And, and I mean, it, even in games, you know, where you don't really expect to win or you, you're losing. I mean, prime example that Tottenham game against Leicester. Um, that just sums football up to a T for me. I, I don't think, um, I, I, I don't know, right? Because I've never supported South Hill Rangers, Liverpool, or anything like that. But I can't imagine. I remember when United won the Scottish Cup in 2010, and the feeling it was absolutely phenomenal. It was un, unreal, and it, it couldn't be matched. And I can't imagine if you're winning it season in, season out, it feels the same. Like, I don't know, it, it might do. I, I, I physically don't know, but I can't imagine it is because, yeah, we played Ross County. Yeah, in the final, it was a it, it was a 3-0 walk in the sunshine. It was brilliant. <laughs> um, but I can't imagine if you did that every season, it'd be the same, if you know what I mean. I mean, that was one of the best, the best football experience I've had in quite a long time I'm trying to think of other, ma- other ones that match it I mean bit of beating Blues 4-2 was quite phenomenal uh, <laughs> that was, was that the game Alan Hutton scored an absolute beauty oh, Alan Hutton turned into prime Mar- Maradona <laughs> picked the ball up a thousand yards out yeah um, that was that was good that was I was in the whole end for that game and I jumped obviously and um <laughs> I went about six rules forward, and if anyone's ever either been to Villa Park or been in the whole end, um, they will know that if you jump six rules forward in the whole end, you may end up <laughs> going over the edge of the barrier. And um, yeah, that was that was phenomenal. United beating Dundee six two twice um, is up there. Uh, for, for wonderful moments, Scotland beating Israel three two. That was that was that that was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, was going to say, you know what? Like it's weird because I'm not one of these English fans that hate Scotland. Weird, obviously, Scotland fans kind of stand England, and I get that, you know. Um, but see, because I live up there. Um, I'm married to like a Scottish lady, you know. <laughs> I've got a kid. Um, it's hard not to sort of get excited in a way when it's not in, against England. Obviously, when it's against England, I cannot stand you, for, uh, the, the Scottish, you know, for 90 minutes. That's basically that's how it is. Um, but you know, for me, I, I remember chatting to Claire, the Commander fan, she'd been to the game and. I remember watching it and I, I remember jumping out of my seat when Tomlinson scored that goal and I'm like, what am I doing? But it's like, you just, as a neutral, it's like, you know, it was it was a phenomenal match and it, it was good. And I think it's good for Scotland, um, you know, to be at these tournaments. And I think I think it's probably just because of the, uh, the fact that Steve Clark's in charge that sort of maybe is why I've got a bit of a soft spot when they're not playing England. <laughs> I mean, Steve Clark was a Villa caretaker for a quarter of a game. <laughs> um, was it two games, I think, he was caretaker for? Was it one? can't remember. Um, 
it's over him. What it is. strangely enough, were almost always at a match. It didn't matter who it was. I remember once going to Rafe Rovers versus Alwa in League One, and Steve Clark was there, as was <laughs> as was um, strangely enough. And yeah, I think he 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 enjoys what he's doing now. I think he enjoyed it at Kiri, I don't think there's any question that. He's obviously an airship boy. Um, yeah. But I think he he enjoys what he's doing now, and I think everyone's everyone kind of enjoys it. I mean, the performance at the Euros could have been better, but the nil-nil draw at Wembley will probably cheer most Scotland fans up. It did, except for certain <coughs> supporter base. Uh, <laughs> every other supporter base seemed happy. Um, so yeah, I think he's happy where he is, and I think Kenny. Uh, part of the issue for Tommy Wright and. Um, the guys before him was that they weren't Steve Clark, but I don't think you'll ever get someone like Steve Clark. I mean, he organised, he, he got a team together that was very good. That yeah. They lost quite quickly after he left, but uh, it's the way it goes in Scotland. It, it comes in 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 spells. I mean, like that world class squad, and it all got piled apart. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think Steve Clark, though. Oh, you're breaking up that. Oh no, no I was. Ah, <laughs> right, so, no, no. I was just, I was just saying. That. I think Steve Clark. Um, he's, he's, he cannot do wrong now. Um, I mean, in the eyes of Kilmarnock fans. I mean, at the end of the day, any Scottish Kilmarnock fans, um, you're not going to get any better than Steve Clark ever. Not just because of what he's done at Kilmarnock, but also at Scotland, and it's uh, phenomenal uh, to see him do it. And he's certainly proven a lot of people wrong. Yeah, I think he he I think he's proud of what he's achieved in Scotland. He should be. I think it's a lot more than I think most Scotland fans would have expected. Going forward, I think he's happy where he is. Could be there as long as Craig Brown was possibly. Um, but I think we can just enjoy it as we can. <laughs> yeah. Before, before well, it gets depressing again. 
Yeah. Well, I was going to say um, one last uh, thing before I let you go now, and uh, it's been great having you on. Um, obviously, we technical glitches here and there, but um, that's the fun of Anchor, as we have both discovered. Um, so, Mickey Mullen, mm-hmm. it's a bit of a weird one, really, because you can't... <laughs> He didn't really get to see the, the much of him, I suppose, because he uh, he didn't get to go to games. Um, but in terms of what you did see of Mickey Marlon last season, um, obviously being an ex-Shrewsbury fan, uh, any Shrewsbury fans that will be listening to this, just be interested to see what your, your thoughts were. Um, yeah, in terms of his tactics, in terms of you know what he did last season for you, um, what were your thoughts on Mickey Marlon? Um I might be one of the few United fans that says, I don't think he was all that bad overall. His task was simply to to keep us in that division. And he did that. Like, um, he, he very much did do that. It, was it like having needles shoved in your eyes? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was brutal, some of it. Like, it was absolutely brutal. He he did his job, and that's where credit's due because he did. He did his job without much investment in the squad, if if really any. Um, it's quite telling that Town Courts has got the best out of certain players. That, to be honest, last season you looked at and you thought they were very much just. They were championship quality players. I mean, Ian Harks is a prime example. He barely played under under Mickey Mellon this season. He scored two winners, two derby games. He he looks like a different player reborn. We didn't really get the best out of Lawrence Shankland last season. Um, after I think he scored twenty four in the championship the season before that was cut short. He he barely he barely scored. Um, Mickey Mellon's quite a good talker, if you know what I mean. So he's quite good yeah. endearing himself to fans. And it's only really later, once usually once he's left and you've got a different manager in, that you realise actually his football's quite quite a slog. Like that was possibly the last. I know a lot of Shrewsbury fans were not necessarily a big fan of him when he was at Shrewsbury. Uh, the few that I met when I was down there for the friendly a few years ago made that very clear um, <laughs> when we were speaking about former Scottish managers uh, prior to we went to Dundee United and I spoke to people uh, which was obviously buzzing um, <laughs> he I don't think I think Tramley suits him I think that's where he's at home I think he's been Tramley manager Three, three times, maybe four. Yeah, he, he got him a double. He got him a double promotion um, after he left Shrewsbury. Um, I don't think where he went. I'm sure he went to Tranmere afterwards. Um, but yeah, he got him a double promotion anyway. So, yeah. so that that club sort of suits. To be fair, it looks like they're going to get promoted again this year. They're second at the minute, so. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think he's a bad manager. I just think he's suited. I think he's one of the managers that's just sort of slots into a club and that's where he stays. Um, I think that's the sort of person he is. Uh, he, 
he's very much a, a Jim Goodwin at St. Men. You couldn't imagine Jim Goodwin doing as well as he was doing at other clubs, but St. Men sort of suits him. And I think Tramia sort of suits Mickey Menon. He was at United. He got he, he left United for t- for two reasons. One, he, he, when he was at the Paradise because of the COVID situations and stuff, his family still lived in Blackpool and hadn't moved up. And he was effectively commuting. That, I think, was an issue for the club. Uh, he didn't want to move his family up during the COVID situation. It's completely understandable. Um, so I think it worked out for both clubs. It was easier. It, it worked out better for both clubs to right. to, to go in a separate uh, for both parties sorry, to go in a separate ways. For Shrewsbury fans, I imagine that they not necessarily remember it in such good light. <laughs> well, no. To be fair, to be fair, I think it's more the latter stages of it. So he came in with a pretty much simple job of he, when he came in at Shrewsbury in 2014, he had five players on his books, uh, contracted. So he had a tough job and we'd just been relegated to League Two. Um, one of the five players on the books was Connor Goldson, who, <clears throat> who had a phenomenal season with us, ended up top goal scorer, uh, no, third top goal scorer, um, scored seven goals from centre-back. Um, you'll obviously see from what he's done here. <clears throat> in the Premier League, he's, um, you know, he's, he's a threat in the box. So he, he had some... He had a good player in that aspect, you know. But he had to bring in a big team um, and his job was to basically get us promoted. Um, we came second, lost the title to Burton Albion on the um, last day of the season. So, phenomenal season. League One <clears throat> was all about staying up. We stayed up um, and just about done it towards the end of the season. The second season, it started getting a bit boring. <clears throat> the football, the excuses, um, and he saw. <clears throat> sorry about this. <clears throat> and yeah, just it was. Um, I think it was um, his, his famous lines. <laughs> it was coming up with like small margins and all this, and oh, yeah, you know, yeah, small margins was a favourite phrase of his. And um, yeah, just time, time, time had passed the club in terms of. I think he, he reached his level. He was always going on about bringing in League One ready players, and, and they weren't. They were they were terrible. Um, there was a, a game we lost after Christmas against Chesterfield seven one, and that sort of epitomised um, how poor we were at times. But I mean, actually, <laughs> funny story about Mickey Mallon. So back when he signed in 2014, when he signed, um, there was a sign in Dynamite, and uh, basically, um, I didn't know about it. But the wife had uh, said, oh, we're going to England and um, we'll go and stay down in Shrewsbury. I was like, all right, OK, yeah, why not? And I think it was just because the, the World Cup was on uh, and it was when England had a terrible World Cup. So by the time we played the last game, uh, it was a, a poor nil-nil anyway against Panama. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah so, so basically she was feeling sorry for me being up in Scotland. So she said, we'll go down and watch the game in England. But by that time, we'd already gone out. Uh, <laughs> but said, well, we were going down and uh, she said, open the glove box in the car. And I did, and there was two sign and dine tickets. And I was like, brilliant. So basically, it was a chance to basically meet Mickey Mallon and, and you know, ask questions. And obviously, um, they would bring out the 
the food for you as well, so it's great. And obviously, he's from Paisley, um, the Paisley boy. So uh, obviously, my wife being Scottish, we went up to him at the end and had a chat. And uh, they were my wife and that was chatting with Mickey and quite a nice guy. And and uh, he said, right. Uh, he said, right, uh, nice to meet you and all that. And he said, but um, just remember, you know, she's a Scottish lass, so uh, if you don't look after her, I'll be coming and chasing for you. So uh, make sure you keep your good promise to your lady and uh, look after her, like, you know, and I, just a bit of a bit of banter. And uh, so I said, oh, yeah, that's fine. I said, I will do, but as long as you get us promoted, like. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so he did. But he's, he's, you know what, like, football-wise and that, yeah, he's not quite... The manager, you know, we wanted. He got, he did the job. Fantastic season. He gave us a fantastic season um, that year. Not quite League One, um, but as a, as a person, um, a very nice guy, like a very nice guy. And and for that, he's one of my favourite managers at Shrewsbury, simply because of the achievement he did. You know, he had five players and, and to get us promoted and nearly win the title. Um, and then he also made a lot of money from Woods. And um, and Goldson as well. So, um, you know, he left Shrewsbury in a very good position. Uh, I mean, like I say, like, as a person, uh, he came across in- incredibly well. As a very affable person, he, he didn't come across as certain managers uh, and certain football personalities come across quite aloof and you're a bit like, oh, why? Like, you don't need to be the way you are. Um, he 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 definitely isn't isn't one of them. He, he's definitely one of the ones that you, you, you listen to. But I think that's part of the reason people get irritated. I think with him as a manager is because he comes across as such a nice guy. You really want him to do well, and you kind of, why aren't you doing? <laughs> why aren't you doing things better? Uh, which I don't think helps him. But yeah, Mickey Mellon's um, he is a he is a he is a unique. Uh, a unique kind of football manager. He does a very specific style of football. Yeah, no, definitely no. Well, you know what? It's uh, it's been interesting doing this tonight with the with the glitches we had, but we've got there and um, we've had a good chat. Um, I mean, for me, I've been doing this, like I say, as a bit of a, a hobby, uh, a bit of fun. Um, so hopefully, going forward in the future, um, you know, we'll maybe chat again as well. Um, but it's been a it's been a pleasure anyway um, having you on and just obviously not talking just about Kilmarnock and Dundee United at the weekend but just obviously all the other stuff that we've been chatting about tonight so I really do appreciate your time and obviously I know you know you're a busy guy by the sounds of it so like I say I appreciate your patience and that but it's been great talking to you that's been an absolute pleasure and uh, we will I will never be trying to get you on the uh, SFF F, F, many F's podcast at some point in the next few weeks see what I can do put a few bright yeah, yeah no I'm, I'm always open to uh, going on to other people's as well and, and my views and I've done that a few times with people so uh, like I say this is the beauty of football I think um, you know not I've had many people I've spoke to not I've not even met you like but I just think that sometimes when you're following on Twitter it's good to have interaction with other fans and, and that's what makes football good sometimes you you sort of have that banter and that, but at the end of the day, you're all football fans after the same goal, aren't you? So it's all it's all good. Oh yeah, absolutely. Everyone's trying to make their way. So every every helping hand that you can give someone is always worth doing. Always help someone. So yeah, good stuff. 
absolute pleasure. So thank you so much for having me on. Well, apart from uh, the 90 minutes or maybe even more, depending on how it's my predictions, right? Um, but yeah, I hope you don't win. I hope you get stuffed. Um, I'll give you pure abuse for 90 minutes. Um, but nah, <laughs> apart from that, um, you know, keep safe, keep well, and we'll chat soon. No, it's mate. Enjoy. Take care, pal. Cheers. Well, thanks to Jeff there, who gave a cracking insight into not just um, you know the game at the weekend, but also going forwards. Um, there seems to be a lot of uh, things going on in in the junior football, which sounds good. Um, so have a you know, if you've let us know your thoughts on 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 the chat. Um, once you've had a listen to this, um, also you know, some good. Uh, Chat about in games in England, obviously uh, Villa as well. He's a, he's a big Villa fan, but um, no, um, a very um, sounds like a very busy guy. Um, but it's been great having him on, and I'm sure we'll chat again soon after the game um, in the near future. Um, for all you listeners, um, hope you're looking forward to going back to Rugby Park for the ones I haven't been, um, and hopefully it's a good atmosphere. And as um, Jeff said there's meant to be just under 3,000 fans coming down from Dundee so um, to all the Dundee fans um, safe travelling down um, but obviously I hope you lose but for now uh, until next time keep safe, keep well and enjoy the game at the weekend and remember we are Kelly